Today on Locked on Mariners, I scrambled to catch up after having to miss yesterday's show. Welcome to Locked On Mariners, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Here's your host, D.C. Lundberg. It also doesn't help that this particular episode is really late. There's one assignment in school which I'm having a lot of trouble with, hence why I had to have a guest host last Friday and why there was no show yesterday. I couldn't get a guest host on short notice, I'm afraid. In any case, we are back late as this is, this Tuesday edition of Locked On Mariners, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, brought to you by The Locker Room. Please remember to download and follow this program on whichever podcasting app that you personally care to use. Ask your smart device to play Locked On Mariners podcast or any program here on the Locked On Podcast Network or T-L-O-P-N or Tloppin'. Since, since there are four games that have yet to be discussed on this program, and also since tonight's game is most likely already in progress, as this is getting published, we're not going to go over them. It would be kind of be silly to do that at this point. I'm going to lead off with the biggest Mariner news that's come out over the last few days, which regards Mitch Hanniger. He left Sunday's game after fouling a ball off his knee in the top of the first inning. It looked really bad. Uh, he had to be helped into the clubhouse. The subsequent news, however, is quite promising. He he was diagnosed with a knee contusion. Upon watching the play and watching him go down like that, I'm kind of surprised that something wasn't broken. Scott Service is optimistic that he will not have to go on the injured list either. He didn't play last night, and he won't play tonight. And uh, according to Scott Service, quote, I don't want to put any timetable on it. We'll just have to wait and see how the player feels and how he progresses here over the next day or two, end quote. So he'll be out for a few days, but he's listed as day today, but won't have to be placed on the disabled list in all likelihood. That is a good thing. He's hit a slashing 259, 310, 518 this season with 12, 15 doubles, 16 home runs, and 40 runs batted in. Outside of J.P. Crawford, he's been the Mariners' most consistent hitter, despite having something of a down June. In June, he is slashing 250, 294, 417. And over his last 10 games, that's down to 231, 286, 385. Jake Fraley pinch hit for him on Saturday, and uh, Bauer, Jake Bowers played right field in, in Manager's stead last night. Speaking of Bowers, he's done well with the Mariners so far. Only five games, I realize that, but he's slashing 263, 333, 474 in those uh, five games, and he hit the go-ahead home run in the eighth inning last night, basically gave the Mariners the win. He's also the third Mariner this year, ladies and gentlemen, to wear number five after Braden Bishop and Eric Campbell. I don't know why I find that interesting, but I do. With Cleveland this year, he was slashing 190, 277, 280, and had struck out on 27% of his at-bats. Over his Major League career, which spans 261 games, he has a 213, 310, 367 slash line, and has been striking out at 30.7% of his at-bats. His strikeout rate since he's come to Seattle has gone down from his numbers with Cleveland just a little bit as well. And speaking about Ace Fraley, since coming off the injured list, man, is he on a tear. 317 average, 481 on base, and a 634 slugging percentage. All four of his Major League home 
home runs, 13 more walks, and 12 strikeouts. That is all since May 31st. In his last seven games, he is slashing 364, 481, 636 with two of his home runs. And for the season, that slash line is 275, 493, 549. Very respectable numbers. 21 walks, 15 strikeouts, and an OPS of over 1,000. And he's hitting with runners in scoring position too, gang. This season with runners in scoring position, 22 plate appearances. His slash line is 417, 682, 917. And with men on base at all, his slash line is 333, 543, 833. That's a lot of threes. And all four of his home runs have come with at least one runner on base. That is excellent. His first two cups of coffee with the Mariners really were not very good. He has a uh, 152 200, 227 slash line in those 66 at-bats, and he also struck out 37.9% of the time in those two cups of coffee. This year, that's down, by the way, to 29.4%, and over his last seven games, it's dropped even farther to 22.7%. He's gained consistency at the plate, and he's begun to strike out less. Let's hope that can hold. And he's still working the count and still drawing the walks. His knowledge of the strike zone is exemplary. And his approach to the plate at the plate has dramatically improved this year. He might have turned himself into more than, you know, just a fourth outfielder. He may have made himself an everyday major league player. That, along with the way Bowers is doing, kind of brings into question Mitch Hanniger's future with the Mariners in a sense I will explain what I mean in a second, but right now we've got the trivia corner, and we don't have a question or a hall pass for you today. But long time and long time listeners of this program have heard me talk about this before. But last Saturday was the anniversary of the Mariners' first ever interleague game, during which there were a couple of odd occurrences, and I'll talk about that in just a little bit. Following this word from the locker room, this episode is brought to you by the locker room. Funnily enough, it is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. I will be hosting rooms for Locked on Mariners once per week. No rhyme or reason as to when that is able to happen. Kind of just when I have a free afternoon, but they will be once per week. Locker Room is the perfect place to join or start conversations about the league. If I'm not there, open up your own Mariners room. You'll find fans there just like yourself for watch parties, debates, post game breakdowns, and of course, reacting to big news or rumors. Download the free Locker Room app now, currently available for all iOS devices, and a beta version for Android, which is what I use. Be sure to create a profile and join the Major League Baseball group for the latest league updates. Follow me at Locked On Mariners. isn't that funny how that works, gang, to be notified when my room goes live. Locker Room, changing the way we talk about sports. Hmm. The Mariners' first ever interleague game occurred on June 12, 1997. And there was one play in that game which I still contend to this day is the most bizarre play I have ever seen. This was a 12-11 victory for the Mariners. Starting pitchers need not apply. Uh, Colorado starter Darren Holmes went one, pardon me, three and a third innings. He was trying to be converted into a starter from a back-end reliever. He had been a good back-end reliever. I don't know why they were trying to put him in the rotation. But he actually lasted a lot longer than the Mariners' starter did that day. Derek Lowe, who only went one and a third innings. Between the two teams, 11 pitchers were used. For the Mariners, Derek Lowe, Mike Maddox, Norm Charlton, Bob Wells... 
Greg McCarthy, and Bobby Ayala. And for the Rockies, Darren Holmes, Jerry DePoto, Mike DeJean, Mike Munoz, and Steve Reed. Wait, wait a second. Jer- Jerry DePoto? Yes, gang, that is right. Jerry DePoto pitched for the Rockies against the Mariners in both of these teams' first ever interleague game. He went two and two-thirds innings in relief of Mr. Holmes, gave up four hits, two runs. They were both earned. Two walks. He struck out ro- struck out one, pardon me, and didn't allow a home run. And with those two high-powered offenses, no home runs in this game whatsoever, especially since it was a 12-11 final. You had to figure that maybe Ken Griffey Jr. or Edgar Martinez, Jay Buhner, Dante Bichette, Andres Galarraga, Larry Walker, Ellis Burks, Vinny Castilla, one of them had to go deep in this game, right, gang? No. No home runs at all this game. That was not the most bizarre part of this game. The weirdest thing I've ever seen in baseball, perhaps, took place in the top of the eighth inning. Greg McCarthy had walked Harvey Pulliam and Walt Weiss, and they were on second base and first base, respectively. As a matter of fact, Greg McCarthy was taken out of the ballgame during Walt Weiss's plate appearance because Lou Pinnell was frustrated that he couldn't throw strikes. Bobby Ayala finished the at-bats, finished the walk to Weiss, which was charged McCarthy. That brought up Quinton McCracken, who hit a single to left fielder Rob Ducey, a ground ball single, through the hole. Harvey Pulliam easily scored. Walt Weiss was uh, moved along to second base, but Quinton McCracken also tried to go to second base, which forced Weiss into a rundown, and he wound up being out 7-2-4-6. Quinton McCracken thought that that was the third out of the inning, when in fact it was not. He wandered off second base, and shortstop Brent Gates tossed the ball to center fielder Ken Griffey Jr., who was running in from center field, tagged out McCracken to finish a very bizarre 7 2 4 6 8 double play. McCracken did drive in a run on what was scored a single, but two base running mistakes, getting veteran Walt Weiss into a rundown for the second out between second and third, and then wandering off second base mindlessly. Holy Toledo, that is the most bizarre play in baseball I've ever seen, ladies and gentlemen. Coming up, I get angry with Jason Hernandez for that crack about waitresses in last Friday's episode uh, before remembering that I wrote that tease. But first, this word from uh, Wealthfront. Stocks, memes, rocket ships, day trading can be a lot of fun, ladies and gentlemen. But if you want to grow your long-term wealth and make it to the moon, you should open up a Wealthfront investment account today. Wealthfront can create a portfolio of globally diversified, low-cost index funds personalized just for you, and in mere minutes, no less. No manual trades, no picking stocks, no watching the stock market every day. They automatically handle all the investing based on preferences that you control. Wealthfront can even help lower the cost of the taxes you pay as you invest. For the average client, their tax loss harvesting can more than cover the annual 0.25% advisory fee. Best of all, it's automatic. With we- uh, Wealthfront is trusted with over $20 billion of assets, and you can get your first 5000 managed for free by going to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnMLB. All you need to get started is 500 simoleons. Grow your wealth the easy way and let Wealthfront do the work for you. To get your first $5,000 managed for free for life, go to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnMLB. That's W-E-A-L-T-H-F-R-O-N-T dot com slash locked on MLB to start growing your savings go to wealthfront.com slash locked on MLB and get started today
Now back to Locked On Mariners and your host, D.C. Lundberg. Thank you very much, Joey Martin. I left A Block kind of not speculating, but I made a comment about Mitch Hanniger's future with the Mariners. What I mean by that is I've, that I've seen a lot of speculation that he may be traded. Media like to try to predict how these things are going to turn out. Who's going to be traded, who's not going to be traded, who's going to be a buyer, who's going to be a seller. They're usually not right about this when it comes to the Mariners, and they never really have been. Remember a few years ago when everybody was saying that Felix Hernandez was going to be traded to the Yankees? Uh, Yeah, that never happened. Fortunately, never happened. But even with Ace Fraley starting to cement his place as more than just a fourth outfielder, and with Bauer's strong start as well, I still don't think Mitch Hanniger is going to get traded. The Mariners value his veteran leadership too much. They need that on a young team. And really, when it comes down to it, even with Jake Bowers and Jake Fraley, the two Jakes as it were, they're kind of thin in the outfield. Ace isn't a problem. Bowers can play the corners. He also factors in at first base, though. First base is really his primary position. Taylor Trammell's been playing center field while Lewis is out. I'll talk more about him in a little, in a little bit. Ace can play center field. More, uh, Dylan Moore and Shedlong Jr. can play left. Moore can also play center field and right field. Kelnick is back in AAA. He's unproven in the majors. The Mariners need Manager at the big league level this year. They also might want him on future teams just for his leadership, even if the outfield is packed. I don't think he's going to get traded, but this is Jerry Depoto we're talking about. So really, who knows? Speaking about Trammell, if he doesn't pick it back up again over the course of the next few weeks, it may behoove him to go back down to AAA. He hit well initially after his recall, but he's been struggling mightily since. In his first seven games after coming back up from Tacoma, he hit 280. But he's hitting 056 since then, only one hit in 18 at bats, and 10 strikeouts. His defense is, however, very good in center field, where he doesn't have a whole lot of experience. He's mostly played the corners, but he's been pretty good in center field. The M's can handle the outfield if he does go back down. They can rotate their outfielders around between the three spots and designated hitter without him. Long is pretty much limited to left field. Jake Bowers, again, can play the corners. He'll also factor at first base when Evan White is gone. Ace and Dylan Moore can play all three outfield positions. Ace can play him pretty well, too. Donovan Walton, who's in Tacoma, has played left field, but poorly. Aside from Trammell, Ace is probably the best outfielder defensively of the bunch. He's the rangiest. He does not have the strongest arm, but he's accurate, and he hits the cutoff man. His game-saving catch a few days ago is the best example of what he's capable of in the outfield, and also just gives me a chance to bring up that great play again. He really gives it his all also, and man did he go out in that game-saving catch. Speaking more about the outfield, um, after two poor games after his demotion, Jared Kelnick is tearing it up again. It's only been three games, though. Four for his last 11, two home runs, a double, only one strikeout, one walk, and five runs scored. And he's been playing both center field and left field in Tacoma. Again, only five games since his demotion, and the four for 11 are over his last three games. I don't think his recall is imminent. Even with Kyle Lewis out, and we'll update you on Kyle Lewis, among others, in the next segment. But before we get to any of that, have you got a question or a comment? If you do, please send it into lockedonmayors at gmail.com. I'll address it on the air in a future mailbag episode. Questions and comments on any subject whatsoever are highly encouraged. Does not have to be about the mayors, doesn't even have to be about baseball or sports. 
and I'll probably be doing a mailbag episode. I originally kind of had one slated for the middle of this week, but with all that's going on um, with school, I'll probably shift that to next week or maybe on Friday. I'm not sure at this time, but one is going to be coming up pretty soon. LockedOnManners at gmail.com. Once again, is the place to submit those questions and comments. And remember, anything goes, ladies and gentlemen. Mostly anything, that is. Coming up is Scott Service debuting on QVC this weekend, selling his very own line of dinnerware. Uh, no, he isn't, but I bet it would be lovely. Now this word from Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Major League Baseball is now in full swing, has been in full swing for quite a while now, and you can track the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including Major League Baseball, the NBA, the NHL, and all your UFC slash MMA action. Before the next pitch, head on over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news. Sign up bonus and contest info. I guess I said mobile like that because I have Clive Braithwaite to the fourth in my head. But don't sit on the sidelines anymore, ladies and gentlemen, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs, even though Flag Day was yesterday. It's not even the midseason break yet, gang. But start thinking about the playoffs, I guess. Anyways, head on over to the website or use again your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts, promo code LOCKED. On. Also, this word from Rock Auto, a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto parts from hundreds of manufacturers. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks del- delivered directly to your door. Uh, the rockauto.com is a catalog, my goodness, is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand, specs, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? I don't see a reason to do that, gang. So go on over to rockauto.com and see all the parts available for your car, truck, van, SUV, or crossover. Right locked on in their how-the-heck-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know for an undisputed fact that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com Welcome back to Locked On Mariners. Here once again is your host, D.C. Lundberg. For the final time today, thank you very much, Joey Martin. That's actually not the last you'll be hearing him today because he, he he gets the last word in every program, but that's the last time I'll be thanking him. Why am I talking about this? Anyways, roster and injury news, ladies and gentlemen. The Mariners announced on Friday that Kyle Lewis had surgery to repair his torn meniscus last Wednesday in Los Angeles. The procedure was described as minor. And according to an article on the MLB.com app, quote, service said he is, quote, optimistic, end quote, that Lewis will play again this season, though it could be some time before he's back, given that he'll need to heal, then rehab, end quote. That uh, was taken directly from that line, by the way, taken directly from that article. That is the knee, ladies and gentlemen, that he injured in uh, in the minors, which cost him basically a full season of development and made people think that his days in center field might be over. That's bad. The fact that he has a torn meniscus is bad news enough, but when it is with a knee that he has had problems with in the past, 
that's worse news. He could play again, like uh, like the article said. Service is optimistic that he will be back this season, but that makes it sound like it's going to be a while before he's back. To me, I mean, uh, why am I even wagering a guess? I'm not going to wager a guess. Let's just wait and see what happens. Evan White might be back sometime this week, however. He is currently rehabbing with the AAA Tacoma Rainiers, and uh, Scott Service uh, indicated that he needs to play a few more games in Tacoma before being called back up and also said that he needs to prove that his bat is ready to come back. That tells me that he may stay in Tacoma if he doesn't hit too well in his rehab stint. Uh, Upon being activated, he might be sent down to AAA. I am not sure. And that also tells me that if he does come right back to the Mariners but struggles in the majors, that he could be sent back down upon being activated. Luis Torrens is back in the majors. He was recalled yesterday. He did not hit very well in Tacoma, but hit hit for power at least. He's in tonight's lineup as the designated hitter. And in nine games caught in Tacoma, he had two passed balls. So the defensive problems are still there. However, he also played eight games at first base. That might be an indication that they're going to transition him out from behind the plate since he's proven to be a real liability defensively as a catcher, and he doesn't hit nearly enough to make up for it. The Mariners now have three catchers on their roster with Torrens, Tom Murphy, and also Jose Godoy. Johan Ramirez was sent down to the uh, Rainiers to make room for Torrens. I don't think Torrens is going to play much behind the plate anymore, especially with Murphy and Godoy on the big league roster. They're both very solid defense. They're both very, very solid defensive catchers. My guess is that Torrens will fill in at first base and designated hitter here and there. This is kind of an outside-the-box type thinking situation, but maybe he can play left field. Why don't they try him out there? He can't do any worse in left field than he did behind the plate, really. And left field is not as important a defensive position. And, you know, the more versatile a player, the better. Especially if he's going to be coming off the bench. Luis Torrens really doesn't have a defensive position right now. So why not hit him some fly balls out there and see what he can do? More roster notes. Yaxel Rios has been traded to the Boston Red Sox for cash. That went down yesterday. And he had been designated for assignment a few days prior to that after three terrible outings out of the bullpen. Jack Mayfield is also no longer in the Mariners organization. He's coming back from whence he came. He was claimed by the Angels on Sunday. He played a handful of games with the Mariners after being claimed out of the Angels organization uh, for infield depth following the injuries to Dylan Moore, Ty France, and Evan White, and with Shedlong Jr. still on the shelf. The Angels obviously like him, didn't want to lose him, and reclaimed him. Kind of the Jacob Nottingham shuffle, as it were, as he has had a couple of stints with both Milwaukee and the Mariners this year. And speaking of Mr. Nottingham, he had been designated for a several days ago. He cleared waivers, however, and was outrighted to AAA Tacoma, where he is right now. He's a catcher by trade, but never caught with the Mariners. Uh, rotated between first base and designated hitter. Much like, I, th- I think that's the way they're going to use Torrens, because that's the way they use Nottingham. Dylan Moore was activated on Saturday. Yes, I kind of I know I'm working backwards right now. But with Dylan Moore being activated on, on Saturday, Sunshine Superman was sent out. Donovan Walton is back with the Rainiers. Dylan Thomas was 
also sent back to the Rainiers on Saturday. He played two games with the Mariners and collected one crucial hit and made one absolutely fantastic catch in his Major League debut in Detroit. If uh, outfield depth proves to be a problem, I think he could be back up because I liked what he saw. Johan Ramirez was called up from the Rainiers to take uh, Mr. Thomas's spot on the roster for bullpen depth, but he was not used in any games before being sent back out yesterday. Going back to last Friday, Kendall Graveman was activated off the COVID injured list. He has not been sharp in his first two outings back, however. Needs to shake the rust off. He'll be fine, though, gang. Keenan Middleton has not been fine lately. He's been very, very rough in his last few outings, showing a lack of command. And to make room for Graveman, Middleton was optioned to Tacoma. I did not know that he had any options left. I was very happy that he did because I think he has the ability, just needs to regain that release point a little bit more consistency, and Tacoma's a good place to do that, and I think he will be back up and help the Mariners you know, later on this season. Back on June 3rd, this caught my eye as I was looking at the transactions for some reason, the Mariners signed to a minor league contract infielder Zach Vinci, V-I-N-S-E-J. He played one game for the Mariners back in 2018. He's a shortstop by trade, but that one game with the Mariners came as a third baseman. And during the preceding spring training in 18, played both left and right field. He has not played a professional game since 2019, while with the Norfolk Tides, which is the AAA affiliate of the Baltimore Orioles. He'll provide good infield depth. He can play multiple positions, also plays second base, but outside of spring training, has never played the outfield professionally. Tonight's pitching matchup is J.A. Happ, former Mariner J.A. Happ, versus Chris Flexen. James Anthony Happ has not been real good this season. He's 3-2 with a 5.75 earned run average in 11 starts. 2.7 walks per nine innings. Okay, that's 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 not bad. Uh, 6.2 strikeouts per nine. Take it or leave it. 9.6 hits per nine. That's getting up there. 1.6 home runs per nine. That's really getting up there. And an opponent's batting average of 270. He's given up at least two runs in his last six starts. And in five of those last six starts, he's given up four runs or more. His ERA since May 1st is 837, and opponents are hitting 338 off of him. Those numbers, plus considering that Minnesota's bullpen is a weak point, this could be a good game for the Mariners. But we have to wait and see which Chris Flexen shows up, although by the time this is published, he'll probably have thrown at least one inning, although the game may be just starting at that time. I'm not quite sure yet. He's been inconsistent. We've seen it. 10.7 hits per night inning is way too many. He's had some stellar outings, and he's also had some rocky ones. This might be one, if the Rocky clicks, Chris Flexen shows up, this could be something of a shootout considering J.A. Happ's ineffectiveness over his last half dozen starts. Or if the good Chris Flexen shows up, Mariners might put a whooping on the Twins. We shall see. That'll be all for this one, ladies and gentlemen. There will be a show tomorrow. It might have a guest host. It might be late again, or it might be a normal afternoon show. I am not quite sure. However, joining me or the guest host will be Thelma Harper, Guy Smiley, and a bag of coffee grounds. Please remember to download and follow Locked On Mariners. Look for us at any podcasting app that you can think of. Leave a rating and review if your podcasting app of choice so allows. Thank you very much for listening, ladies and gentlemen. Late as this is, I do apologize for that once again. But I will leave you with this one thought. 
if J.A. Happ were to get traded from the Twins or released or put on the disabled list or something to that effect, could one then say that the Twins would be hapless? Have a nice evening, gang. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski will keep you updated on the latest news in every major sport with Locked On's team of local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. This is Joey Martin speaking for Locked On Mariners, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.